Welcome to the Elven Padawan, your place for everything Erebor to Echo Base. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the Elven Padawan. This is episode number six. I'm your host Shay and today I have yet another recording with a guest. This time I had the honor of having on Miss Jonah of the Wookie Gunner, Star Scavengers, Rebels Chat, and a ton of other awesome stuff. And it was so much fun. We had a blast podcasting and of course people we ranted about Rebels because what else is there to rant about? It's definitely one of the most awesome Star Wars things and something both me and Miss Jonah are very into. And real quick before I play that for you, I want to say a big thanks to TK5351 and Ray Sabine Jin for leaving me two brand new five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much, guys, for this. I finally now have a rating when you click on the icon on iTunes. It shows that I have a star rating right under my title there. That's awesome, and hopefully this will help people be more interested in my podcast now that they can see this. Now, here's my discussion with Miss Jonah, and keep in mind, please don't leave after this is over. I've got one more thing to mention to you guys at the end of the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this new episode of The Elven Padawan. Today, I have a special guest with me, Miss Jonah of The Wookiee Gunner, and a whole host of other great stuff. Welcome to the show, Miss Jonah. Thank you for having me. You're you're the only one who calls me Miss Jonah, and it makes me feel so cool. <laughs> but if you want, you can also call me Jonah. A lot of my friends do. And okay. yeah, so thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yay. We've got like a lot of news and stuff to cover. But first, I just, if you don't mind, would like to touch on something you have just joined a brand new podcast network. Is that true? This is true. Yes, I have joined a new network. It's called the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. And it's with unmistakably Star Wars and Sky Talkers. And we hope to bring a lot of good things in the future. So keep an eye out for it. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what y'all are doing with that. Yeah. Okay, so in Star Wars news, first off, we've had a lot of Battlefront 2 news lately. Oh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of chatter about that earlier today, but I didn't get a chance to review what was going on. Yeah, so from what I understand, there have been some new planets and locations and things revealed lately. Oh, cool. And also, um, there was like a new teaser, and I think just today they released a very interesting new clip from the story mode that gives us a hint about what's going on when the like single player mode starts gotcha wow that's awesome what sort of planets have they revealed that you're interested in uh, well i know there's going to be a lot of like prequels clone wars era content mm -hmm. so i'm very excited about that i know naboo i believe uh kashik and i think kamino have also been confirmed so that's really neat that's awesome like i love all the prequels clone wars tech and the planets and everything so yeah, they were very rich in the cultures and developing those worlds. Yes. And I know next up, we also had the announcement that BB-8 is coming to the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game. Oh, cool. Which, I don't play that a whole lot, just because, in fact, I don't play Battlefront a whole lot. <laughs> I have some friends who are guys, and they're all excited, and I'm like, cool, but I don't know that much about video games, so... <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, yeah, the that one, the Galaxy of Heroes, was it? I think that's yes. the one that I know that you're able to get, like, various characters from Rebels. And I yeah. haven't jumped into it either, um, mainly because I know it would suck up a lot of my time. <laughs> yes. But that's, that's cool. That's the main reason I haven't either. And I've played it a little bit before, like, on my grandmother's phone whenever she's visiting us. Mm-hmm. Because, like, me and my sisters and our, our cousins kind of put games on that and then sort of just play them whenever we're around her as an excuse to play games on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there are several things like that and the, like, the Topps card trading app that I've heard really cool things about, but I've just never actually gotten into myself. Gotcha. So, also, we had a lot about Forces of Destiny that came out, and I got super excited about that. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> I 
is amazing. Um, there's a new trailer, some more info on the next round. I don't think this is technically the second season, but I may be wrong. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know what they would classify it as. I don't think they're going by seasons, but um, I've been calling them like the second batch, the first batch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I just- I kind of thought maybe it was like the second batch of the first season because I believe they said there's a second season coming out next year. They did mention that. It was at the Hasbro panel that that was mentioned, right? In um, the Hasbro convention in Rhode Island. Yes, I believe that's that's where I saw I, I saw that someone had posted up about that. And I, that looked really neat to me as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the there we got new air dates for... This second group here, we know we're going to get two half-hour TV specials on Disney XD on October 1st and October 29th. That's right. And I believe they said there were going to be four episodes in each TV special. Yes, that's right. And I like that they're doing that because, you know, a lot of people thought that they would show the old episodes that first on the 21st, I think it is, and then the the, the old the newer episodes in the, the second showing. But I like that they're mixing them in, so that way you're compelled to watch both nights and, you know, not skip out on that first night because you've already seen them. Yes. And it, it sounded like I saw some people asking a lot of questions on Twitter, and Tracy Kenobio came on to clear some things up. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like what she said is they're going to be four each night, Two new ones and two old ones each night. I think so. Yeah, it came across that way. Yes. So that's really cool. I'm super excited for that. I think there may be a little bit of an argument about some certain parts in that trailer. Just spoiler alert for anyone who's listening who may not have watched the trailer. Go watch the trailer, then come back and finish this. <laughs> and if like as soon as you stop fangirling or fanboying over the trailer, come finish listening to our discussion. But, like talking about the trailer again, there were some parts that I, it almost looked to me like some people were kind of wondering if the things that looked like were happening were actually happening. Right. Like the one point where it looks like Sabine and Jen are meeting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It looked like, Oh, I I really first off thought I like literally started squealing and was like, Oh, this is amazing. (laughs) I really love that. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering yes. now if people are, so are people questioning that whether it's actually happened or do if they think that it's been edited that way to mislead people? Well, see, that's what I was almost wondering about because I immediately went and of course had to go post on Twitter about, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Can anybody guess what I'm most excited about? And then as I was kind of surfing around to gather notes, I saw it looked like, I may be wrong, but it looked like some people were kind of just wondering are they actually meeting or did they just cut it together? Because I don't think there's a very good shot in there where you can see both of them. You see like their hands and you see like one or the other. Oh, interesting. I know StarWars.com actually referenced it. Okay. Well, I like to believe that it's there. (laughs) Yeah. I I really want to believe that's actually what's going on, but they always make me nervous because I'm like, wait a minute. If if there's anybody who's part of Rebels behind this, we know they may be tricking us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I I saw some little episode titles and descriptions floating around, but I think most aren't completely confirmed yet. Right, I think so, yeah. It looks like we'll probably, hopefully we will get a Sabine and Jen meet episode. That's going to be so awesome. <laughs> but that that, to me, is going to be amazing because fans have speculated about that, like, since the story for Rogue One was first revealed. Gotcha. So they've been speculating about, oh, Jen can meet the ghost crew and all this, and we're like, oh, but it'll never happen. It's just a fan hand cannon. If that actually happens, that's going to be so awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man, it'll really open up the uh, fan fiction community to those kind of ideas. <laughs> yeah. And that was something I actually did read Rebel Rising earlier this year. Uh-huh. And I found it very interesting, and I'm noticing this in a lot of characters, that it's really interesting that there are often uh, a time gap of at least a year or a couple years, Mm -hmm. somewhere halfway to three quarters of the way through the books. And they just sort of hint, like with Jin, they kind of said, you know, she went off and did her own thing, and it mentioned that she was on Takodana for a little while, and then... 
she she kind of hopped around and then it picks up several years later. Mm-hmm. And I I thought, hmm, that's interesting. She went to Takodana and Maz Kanata is supposedly the ones telling the Forces of Destiny stories. So, you know, we know Maz has been there for like a thousand years. Yeah, that's awesome. I oh. noticed the same thing in the Ahsoka novel. Oh, yeah? yeah it's been it a while. Cuts out. It cuts out, like, it tells a story, and then it will cut out, and then say several years had passed since, basically, the last time the story, like, when the story stopped. And during that time, this character hopped around and did interesting things. And it might mention that they were here for a year, or they did this or that. But it's it's pretty vague, and then it goes on. And for Jen, I found that extremely interesting, that there's still quite a few years we don't know. Mm-hmm. Of like her real early adult years. So I found that interesting. Because that leaves room for Forces of Destiny. That room leaves room for other potential stories to be told there. Gotcha. Yeah. I wish I had read that novel. Um, I did read the Soka novel. But there's still a lot of reading that I need to catch up on. But I can... I like your theory. I like what you're where you're going with that. Next up, we also have the... Star Wars Rebels Season 4 poster slash key art, like really whatever you want to call it. I'm seeing it called multiple different things. Yeah. <laughs> that was released. And that is also amazing. Oh, it's so beautiful. I just want to print out a huge version of it and put it on my wall. <laughs> yes. I wish they would actually, I mean, maybe they've done this in past seasons. But so far, I've never seen them, except for maybe with Spark of Rebellion, actually release a full poster. Mm. Like, they release the digital versions, but they never actually have it for sale, like the way they do with the movie posters and such. Right. I definitely think they ought to start doing that if they could. Yeah, that would be cool. The funny thing is, when this when this first dropped, my friend messaged me, and she was like, they released a Rebels poster! I'm like, well, why didn't you send it to me? <laughs> so, I had to go look it up myself. And, I mean, it was awesome that she didn't, because then I had those few minutes of like anticipation and build up yeah <laughs> so you know she made a good decision there but I was immediately like ah and now I gotta go look it up <laughs> that's awesome yeah I I it's funny because I, I I have the Star Wars account the Twitter account so that it sends me mobile notifications and that way you know whenever it pops up on my screen I know to check on it so I saw something about Rebels but at the time I was I was doing something at work and I couldn't really slide slide it so that I can open it and go straight to that tweet and 45 minutes later I you know I come back to Twitter and then I find that everyone's talking about this poster I'm like no that was the tweet I should have just opened it yes um I I saw it and of course I had to finish school before I could actually I had to finish up homework and stuff before I could actually get into it the way I wanted to yeah yeah so it, and then I got on there and I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And I had to tell everybody I knew that I had the ability to message about it. I was like, ah, look at this. And since then, I've been showing, like, of course, it became the wallpaper on my iPod. And my sisters have it as, like, the lock screen on their computers. And it's just really funny. <laughs> and I've been, like, showing people. I'm like, people in class today, I was like, okay, I know you don't watch Rebels, because, like, some several of them dropped out in the first season, because they're like, oh, the animation stinks. I'm like, uh. you have you have no idea. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> but I was like, I know you dropped out in Rebels, but look at this poster, it's amazing. And they're just like, yeah, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just like, nobody understands. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so, and then... Let's see, we had, there were a lot of Easter eggs and interesting things. We also had the episode titles released a little while back, but we just got the episode descriptions just came out. Mm -hmm. And those are really intriguing to me. Yeah. Which one's most intriguing to you, though? Um, probably the one for, um... Either in the name of the rebellion, okay, gotcha. Or possibly, I don't know if you saw, but the other day they released the descriptions officially. But like almost a week before that, I believe it was, or at least several days before, one of the like TV guide websites got 
some descriptions for the second to last week's episodes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those were actually out before the earlier ones were out. And one of them is the description for Kindred. And that one really has me very interested. I'm so excited for that. (laughs) Because I think that's the one that might deal with the Lothwolves, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, I just want (laughs) to know more about what these Lothwolves are seeking and how is the force trying to communicate with Ezra and Kanan and what is it that the force wants them to do and and whatnot I'm just like I need all the answers (laughs) oh yeah definitely that's that's the thing I believe the description said that they this is the point where it's kind of implied they're like possible spoilers I guess for anybody who's like super paranoid about that but like I think it's implied they're trying to get a transmission back to their fleet and they have to trust some seemingly um, untrustworthy creatures or something like that. Something like that. And then that. it says they turn out to be much more than they appear. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I can't wait to see what that will be about in the end. I saw... Um, I noticed a lot of people were also really searching the poster for any sort of Easter eggs or clues they could get. That's right. And the Force Within TV YouTube channel had a very interesting episode where he covered this, and I took some notes that I kind of wanted to go over some of the things he and his Twitter followers had noticed. Ah, uh-huh. So, first off, he noticed that, um, or actually one of his Twitter contributors noticed that Zeb has a new badge I believe on his shoulder. Oh, does he? I noticed in the that. Poster. Yeah, that, but I didn't make anything of it when I saw yes. it. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, like, we saw Hera get her new outfit and rank insignia last season, mm-hmm. which was very cool. And Sabine has more or less she's aligned herself. I mean, I would guess she's still part of the broad umbrella of rebels, but she's not maybe technically part of the Rebel Alliance at this point. Mm-hmm. Because it's still very new. And she's more with Mandalore. Mandalore seems to be doing its own little thing in that fight. Right. So she doesn't seem to have any sort of badge or any sort of, like, I guess, connection in mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And neither does Ezra. Of course, that's understandable because he is young and he's a Jedi and he hasn't fully decided what he's wanting to do. Right. Yeah. And... One thing they did notice, though, that was very interesting. Well, first off, they said that it looks like Hera might have something, but it's hard to tell. And uh, the the other interesting thing is that Kanan has no sort of rebel markings or badges or insignias at all. That's true. Yeah, he doesn't really sport that kind of stuff. And he did, he's not wearing his mask, which... I mean, I found all throughout season three, I found the mask thing metaphorical. Did you? Oh, I'm interested to hear more about that. That's like when um, when the season before it actually started airing, you see the trailer and I believe he's always wearing his mask in the trailers for season three. Gotcha. So I think a lot of people just kind of guessed, you know, oh, he's for whatever reason, medical reason, maybe they just don't want to be too gross on the show or whatever. He's always going to keep the mask on. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a shocker to everybody when he took it off right in the first episode with the Benzu. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So after that, I was like, okay, I understand he's, he wears it sometimes, but occasionally for whatever reason he takes it off. But then he got to where it was almost 50, 50 chance of whether he was going to have it on or off. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he had it on at times it would seem a little bit odd. And I finally was just like, why does he even wear the stinking thing? Why does he just ditch that? <laughs> because I like the, the I guess, symbols. Like, I like the J-Guys. I really think that's cool. Yes, the J-Guys are he, awesome. I think he used that. I like the color. I like the idea of it. But it just looks kind of clunky. Uh, yeah, it does look clunky. It looks too big on his beautiful face. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it looks a little bit odd on him, and it kind of just, it it makes him look like maybe he's a cyborg or something. It just doesn't, it doesn't quite, (laughs) I don't know, I just, I never imagined Kanan 
knowing his personality would, you know, go for a style like that. But anyway, <laughs> he would wear that like on and off. And then I finally just came to the conclusion that maybe there is an in-universe reason why he's wearing it. Mm-hmm. But it seems that a lot of it, and, and maybe that, that has to do with, you know, he doesn't want to totally creep people out when he meets new people. And he, like, has this big scar or whatever. But he seemed to have it off a lot of times when he was dealing with his own crew or something more like that. That's more close to his personal side. Yeah, yeah. And it became basically a metaphor for when the mask was on, he was going to be more... Jedi-ish, more commander-ish, and also you couldn't... It, it goes even a step deeper than that. Something I've always liked. I know there's a big debate. People are like, Rebels, Clone Wars. And both have their own merits and their own flaws. Of course, yeah. But one of the things I really like about Rebels is, like, I do like the style of animation where when you look at their faces, when you look in their eyes, it's look like looking, to me, into a live-action character's eyes. You can really see what they're feeling. Yes, that's right. And... When he wears that mask, you can't really see what he's feeling. That's yeah, it's completely true. You're right. You, you just can't tell what emotions he's expressing, and you know the the eyes are the windows to the soul. You know. Yes, and mm-hmm. so I thought that was very interesting use of that. So, you know, that's points for them in doing that. But now season four comes around, he's still got it. So I guess it's going to continue to be a metaphor. Yeah. But I think it's very telling that he's not wearing it in the poster there. That's right. That's yeah, that is, that is an interesting thing to, uh, to note. I'm glad you pointed it out. <laughs> Cause I, I, I just, I was just thinking, Oh, I miss his beautiful eyes before moving on to something else. <laughs> oh yes. Well, actually, Kind of on that note, I had a friend who was like, you know, being blind is for Kanan is so sad. And she was like, and, you know, but it has taught him he's grown in his Jedi abilities and his connection with the Force. But his eyes were my favorite color. They were beautiful. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, that's true. Like, they were really pretty for an animated character and especially a male animated character. Normally, um, male animated characters have, they're kind of represented as more plain. Yes. And especially in something like fantasy, like you notice it in something like uh, the Middle Earth stuff and Marvel stuff. A lot of times the female characters have real vivid eyes and the males are a little more simple. Mm -hmm. So he had like really vivid eyes and it was like, oh, well, that stinks. (laughs) (laughs) We lost that. Oh, I miss them so much. (laughs) So... That was interesting. Also, Kanan doesn't have his saber at all. He's not even holding it turned off. That's right. Yeah, I remember noticing that on my own and thinking, yeah, that's that's significant. Because you have Ezra, who's always on the ready, ready to attack. And, of course, he'll have his out. And But Kanan seems to be withdrawing from from his position a bit. Yes. And that's something, and I remember correctly, all the other posters that he's on. Now, I don't even, he wasn't even on the season three poster, if I remember correctly. You're correct. That's right. So that, I mean, I like, I love that this poster, you know, in contrast to the season three poster has the whole crew. But every time he's been on the posters, he's always had his lightsaber. He's always at least been in like a moderately battle ready really let's go for this thing stance and this time he's not at all Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm assuming that if we could see the full shot of him that he has it on his belt we can't really see him waist down that's right yeah but he's just in a very um kind of closed off almost position just not like he doesn't like hera has her arms folded and i've i know that kind of signifies being skeptical or whatever he doesn't but he's not looking extremely ready to go fight anybody that's Ezra this time that's right yeah yeah Ezra is always gonna (laughs) charge first (laughs) yes and you know that was interesting to me because Ezra's position has normally been just like I mean I've seen most of the time he's portrayed as having a kind of a goofy grin and he's always ready to go right into battle well, this poster is very different in that aspect. Yeah, yeah, he definitely, 
I mean, I can kind of see a, a little grin there if you look hard enough. Maybe if you squint your eyes. <laughs> yes. Well, his his stance actually reminds me a lot of Kanan. Oh, that's right. That From, like, the earlier posters. Yes. And, like, I noticed someone had commented and they said that when they first looked at the poster for some reason, and I believe this person is still actually watching through for the first time, mm-hmm. and she's just finished up season two. When she first saw it, she was like, oh, wait, is that Kanan? And just for a second, it made her think Kanan, but then she saw, you know, the outfit and saw Kanan right behind him, and she was like, wow, he's changed a lot. <laughs> and it's just, like, he's always just been so kidsy looking. Like, this time, he actually, like, at first glance, it's like, oh, you know, Ezra his his normal self but then when you kind of look he looks very serious and almost more reserved and hesitant than we've ever seen him before that's right yeah i would agree with that statement yeah and like on the other side of the little group like zeb's back in the middle i think zeb is grinning (laughs) that's that's my interpretation of it people are like oh zeb's got this really hard to read expression i'm like nope he's just smirking because he gets to beat up some imps this time (laughs) But um, then on like on the other side, you've got Hera, who looks very, very uh, skeptical and very just she's not she's not having any fun right now. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely got the what's it in your face. Like she's not going to play around at all. (laughs) She looks very serious. And then like. Sabine also, Sabine looks very mature this time around. Mm-hmm. And, like, Sabine has always had that, you know, mature teenager kind of thing. But she looks very grown up in this shot. She does. And I wonder if it's because of the dark hair color. Because she also looked very mature when, very older, I should say, when uh, she went undercover for the TIE fighter mission to get Wedge Antilles out. And yeah, so she looked older there and it was because of that one color that she had in her hair. But yeah, I can definitely see what you're talking about when I see, when I look at that poster. Yes. She's just like people have, that was actually something they pulled out in that video I referenced earlier is that, you know, maybe that's due to her hair color. And Mm. I think it is. (laughs) Um, Someone made a very funny comment in a, little like chat group I was having about it and he was like oh symbolism he was like there's symbolism in her hair color it's a dark color death approaches and everybody just died laughing but it was also like oh no that's bad that's bad (laughs) (laughs) it's bad but also hilarious oh no I lost you again no I lost you again Hello? Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, you you were saying something that was after the, you know, the omen of death. Yes. <laughs> So, like, we were all just, like, really, up to that point, had been pretty tense about it. And then he just said that, and everybody was like, this is... <laughs> everybody was laughing really hard, but they were also like, man, that's really dark. <laughs> I mean, I don't want that to be true, but it's it's really funny. But it's almost got a little bit of irony, because I've found that, interestingly enough, I'm very much a big fan of, like, literature and symbolism in literature, and I love pulling that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found that Ashley is very interesting, but her hair color, to me at least, the different colors she's had each season have symbolized, like, her journey as a character. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you can definitely extract from that. You can see the position she's in in each season through what color her hair is dyed, really. I mean, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and so, what was her initial hair color? Now I'm starting to forget. 
the season one, it was like the black blue and like the orange blonde almost. That's right. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and yeah, I know it's it seems so long ago. <laughs> but um my when when we first started watching it, I was like, oh, so she must her and Ezra must both have like the jet black hair and it just looks blue under a light and maybe she had dyed it orange or blonde and now it's growing out. But now that we've seen her real hair color, we know she dyed it black and then she dyed it orange blonde. Whatever that's, that color is. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's interesting. You can write a whole post about Sabine's hair yes. color. <laughs> yes. And I, I really actually do want to do that at some point. Yes, just, do it. Just getting around to it. <laughs> but like each season, I've just found that so cool. And it's always, oh, what's she going to have her, co- her hair color next? And I think some people were a little disappointed that she didn't drastically change it. Mm-hmm. But I think, number one, maybe that signifies how much time has passed and how busy they've been. Yeah. And how, you know, she is getting more mature, so maybe the dyeing her hair isn't quite as important to her as it was before. Correct. Yeah, I would assume that is the case, too, because we actually haven't seen her doing much tagging either. I feel like she's become more... uh, more of, like, a sophisticated artist who might just uh, be doing some of that work in her room and then she'll she'll use it for a bigger purpose rather than just leaving a tag on the wall randomly. Yes. And that kind of ties into the bigger story in that, you know, now when things go wrong, they don't have to be told. They don't have to have a tag to know who it is. The Empire knows exactly who it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that it's like that. But I do miss seeing her you know, spray paint people every now and again. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So also uh, of note in that video, what they pulled out is Price is in the poster. That's right. And it's her first time in the poster, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's her first time. And I found that cool because I thought, oh, Price has been totally put in her place after the season three finale. It's over for her. And apparently not. (laughs) I was like, wow, Thrawn and Tarkin and all them guys are really going to have it out for her. But apparently, maybe she suffered from the mistakes she made during the attack on Adelon. But I think maybe a lot of people misinterpret that as, oh, the Rebels had a victory. Well, it's a victory because they survived, but really, she did not cost them a victory. She may have cost them a handful of stragglers, but she did not, like... She did not really totally mess up their plan. No, no. And uh, I I think the only person to blame really is Constantine. Yes. yes. I mean, this probably sounds bad, but I'm glad he's finally out of the picture because he was so incompetent. He really was. And he wanted to, you know, supersede and, and go over Thrawn in some way. But now it, it cost him his life, really. Yes. I think from both the Imperial and the Rebel point of view, he was a problem. Yeah. I think, I I really feel like Thrawn probably would have strangled him, you know, if he had hung in there much longer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Thrawn seems like the kind of guy that if you poke him enough, he'll definitely snap. Yes. (laughs) So, this was um, a very interesting bit that they mentioned in the video. What if Price actually ended up in her own Forces of Destiny episode at some point down the line? Oh, that's an interesting thing to think think about. And I remember uh, fans having... They want to see the female villains highlighted in some way like Ventress even though she was a villain when she started out she sort of went into this middle kind of road and and then you know you have Aura Singh and whatnot so yeah a lot of people brought that up and I thought "Mm, that's interesting I'd love to see that those kind of stories but then you know they're they're about highlighting heroic acts (laughs) yeah and then I thought well maybe it won't really work out if they decide to bring in villains because they've established that they're you know focusing on these small heroic acts but then i uh, i real i realized that um what's his name kylo ren's been brought in so yeah. you're like what's going on here yeah. if, if we can bring in kylo we can definitely bring in someone else. oh yeah well it's interesting because see technically if if you want to say if you want to bring this up at all you know the whole from a certain point of view thing. Yeah, Ray and Jen and Sabine and Hera are heroes from one point of view. But, like, I guess Ventress, 
Price, all those people, they're heroes from the other point of view. Exactly. Yeah, so, well said. Or it could, if if possible, maybe Forces of Destiny has highlighted doing good things. Because I guess you don't really want to teach young kids that it's heroic in some people's eyes to trip up people walking down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they could make their own little series or something. Maybe even not intended towards young an audience. I know this would be, you know, a big budget and all, but maybe they would make their own bad guy series and Moz could be like, here's what happens when you don't do random acts of kindness, but do random acts of badness. <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting. That would be, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I think, I think characters like Price and uh, Ventress would make awesome dolls like they have for Forces of Destiny. Oh, Yeah. Oh, and the Seventh Sister and those people. Yeah, they definitely have people buying those and taking them off the shelf, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going fast. There's the little bit of outrage when Kylo got one and Hera didn't. So. Oh, gosh, yes. I remember that. And rightfully so. I mean, Hera yes. is definitely has proven herself time and again to be a very uh, significant player in all of this and a fantastic role model so it's it's sad that they keep continuing to leave her out of the picture yes i was happy that padme finally got one because in my opinion padme is a cool character and they they especially you know in the spectrum of female characters she's a little different her and Hera are similar in some ways but i think padme is pretty different from most of the other female characters in the Star Wars universe and she often gets forgotten. She does. Yeah, she's she's the in in the list of females that get forgotten, she's definitely number one, sadly. Yes. And and I was so ecstatic to have seen her picture when they announced it at San Diego Comic Con and and to have seen it in person as well. So that was that that was pretty awesome. And I, I really love that they gave her that flight suit as as the you know, the outfit that she'll be wearing in that figure and not, you know, like a dress or her senatorial dresses or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I love, I, I like that outfit. And I like, I just, I like generally the way they're portraying her. And because, like, we see Ahsoka kind of protecting her and stuff, but I don't think that's to be interpreted that she's helpless. I think that's just, there are certain rules you have to abide by, especially when you're in the Senate and things. Yes. And she kind of has to not break those rules exactly yeah and i and i don't find it that ahsoka's taking the spotlight in any in any way i mean if anything you know some of the uh concerns that i see are people saying that we don't see a lot of female interactions between female characters oh yeah and and we're finally getting more of that and now people are like, well, I don't want to see Ahsoka there. I just want to see Padme. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I'm love... like, well, you can't have one. Or, you know, you're finally giving both things and you can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love seeing their interaction because we got a little taste of it in Clone Wars. And I loved it so much. And I'm like, I wish we could have seen so much more of that. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Padme's interaction with most characters but especially like characters she can sort of mentor is amazing to me because we didn't see hardly any of that in the movies no yeah so i i also loved um the episodes where she was with satine on mandalore oh those were fantastic episodes yes and i thought it was amazing how they got along so well almost had a, a sister's kind of interaction yeah yeah because they have a similar background you know being yes. in politics so they they saw eye to eye and they had that common ground and i found that awesome that in so many ways they're so alike but at the same time personality wise on several points and definitely you know some places in their politics were very different and yet they still got along so well i was like this is so awesome <laughs> so true yeah i'd love to see a satine a doll so that way i can pair oh them, yeah put them you know like in a ship of sorts and just have my imagination t go crazy <laughs> yes that would be really neat to have one of her um i was trying to remember there was a character i had thought of oh me and my friend would love to see more of lyra urso at some point oh yes i agree she was amazing. She was amazing in like the five minutes, the all the five minutes we have of her. Oh, so sad. I'm still, I'm still torn over that. 
you know, scene because you definitely want to know more. And you and and I was from day one, I was just saying, you know, why couldn't we have the reverse? Why couldn't she have been the lead scientist? And, oh yeah, and and he was the 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 unfortunate parent who per- perished at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. That would that would have been very interesting. And I and yeah, in a way I would love to have seen that. I yeah. just wish maybe we could get an episode of her maybe with young Jen or being a scientist, maybe as a teen or a young adult or with Galen, you know, on a mission somewhere before everything got all crazy. That would be amazing because maybe a lot of I know this is more geared to toward younger kids. But a lot of people might not would recognize her, but she could pick up very quickly, I feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I know she was very into the Force. And uh, I remember what she wore was definitely along the lines of what the Guardians wore. I, I'm sure my knowledge when it comes to Rogue One is sort of spotty so forgive me if i'm giving out wrong details but i remember there being some sort of force aspect to her that she appreciated and that she incorporated into her life in some way oh yes that's that's right and i have not yet finished reading catalyst Ah. but i've i've been told that there's a lot of that in there oh that's good to know because i have to read that novel too (laughs) yes well Some people have even argued that possibly she was maybe not, I mean, definitely not to the point of an Anakin, maybe not even to the point of Ezra or Kanan, but she may have had some, uh, like, slow-growing Force abilities. Oh, that's interesting. She never, I don't believe we ever saw her do anything like, you know, levitate anything or anything of that sort, but she had a sense about her, and she had a very strong connection to the Jedi and the Kyber, and very much like the wills so maybe it was just like the wills where it sort of grew because she cultivated it but at the same time i think it would be very interesting to see her maybe have had a force connection and then maybe not use it and it just sort of hung around as just an extra sense maybe yeah 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 that's something that i remember having talk uh having spoken to my mom about the whole you know is is the force after a certain time something that depletes like if if you don't practice it, you essentially lose it. <laughs> yes. And I believe didn't, um, I believe you and your mom discussed that with Dave, Dave Filoni. That's right. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> that was an awesome episode of your thing. Yeah, yeah. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> yes. And that, I think that's a very interesting take on it that he had. And I would, I would almost argue that maybe that's what happened to Lyra. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. And that, of course, that leads to people going, oh, well, was Jen force sensitive? I'm like, ah, I can go either way on that one. (laughs) I think everyone, um, it's what what Ahsoka said at the very end of that Twilight of the Apprentice episode. Um, The more you start to think you know the force, the less you know about it or something along those lines. Yeah. So, So, yeah, you definitely don't know how is it that people get these abilities, but... Um, it's definitely, you know, it's all the force wills it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a very interesting, that's another debate. You know, are kids going to get the force because their parent had it or are they not or whatever, which just real quick, that brings up a point that I was debating on bringing up, but I want to bring it up real fast. Oh yeah. Um, so we've seen kids who have one force strong parent or two force strong parents have very strong force abilities and I don't remember anywhere where it's really been dealt with that a kid had a four strong parent and didn't have any force abilities. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think we've seen that in play out in any stories. Right. And that that brings up a topic that I I see a lot of um, fan fiction and fan art and little head cannons and things. And they're like, even if it has to happen in alternate universe, because to be honest with the way things are looking right now, it looks like it might not work out this way. But even if it has to happen in an alternate universe, um, before everything goes totally downhill, maybe, or maybe in an alternate universe where everything's good, they want to see Kanan and Hera get married and have a kid. Right. (laughs) And I I understand that sentiment. I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. But then I started thinking through it and I was like, well, but hang on. Kanan is at least um, significantly gifted in the Force. Right. So, I mean, we know Hera isn't, but that would, it would seem that if they had a child, most likely, I I would probably say nine out of ten chances, 
their kid would have at least noticeable force abilities. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. So then my fear would be that many of those kids, I mean, this, this kid would, unless they left the rebellion or somehow just totally cut ties with that, the most obvious, I mean, to me, the most predictable course of action that would happen would be that when Luke started his new Jedi order, their child would go to train with him. Oh, that, mm, that that's interesting because do you think Kanan would foster that child's abilities? Do you, do you think that maybe he'd himself would kind of sit back away from it and maybe not really, like I mentioned, foster that child's abilities? I feel like he would at least train them to connect in some way. Right. Just so that because, they know the basics. Yeah. I don't know if he would stick real strictly with the Jedi method necessarily. Mm-hmm. He would probably, I mean, he would definitely still be light. He would definitely still be considered a good guy. Yes. But I think he would train them maybe more in the way he and Ezra have learned from the Bindu. Yeah. And if, if that were to happen, that would be amazing. I would love to see someone write like an alternate universe fan fiction or something about that. My only fear would be that if he did not, and if Luke came along, and because a lot of people think maybe Luke also, when he started the new Jedi Order, took that kind of philosophy, not as much like the old uh, Jedi Order, mm-hmm. but a little more the way Kanan and Ezra have gone. But that child would almost certainly go train with Luke, and we know what happened to Luke's apprentices. Oh, gosh, that makes me so sad, because then I think about other characters like... Uh, Pipey. Pipey? Yeah. Yeah, Pipey. Yes. And, and all these other Force-sensitive children that, uh, that you know, they wanted to make a sanctuary for of sorts. And, oh gosh, it makes me so sad to think about. <laughs> yes. I thought of that the other day and I wrote it down and I was like, I need to share this with people because they need to understand that if this happens, it would seem like it would be amazing. Right. But then think what the next step in that would probably be and maybe that will strike home to people they'll feel a little more connection with the sequel trilogy if something like that were to happen not that i want that to happen with those characters at all (laughs) right well what's really cool about the fact that they haven't really fleshed out those details yet is that there's still room to expand so you could say that there were survivors of some kind or that they weren't present when this happened and you know that's how what that's what happened with kanan in initially Yes, that would be amazing. I, I kind of hope they do give us... I mean, I don't really want to cry my eyes out any more than I'm probably going to. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of wish they would give us some reason to really care about what happened with Kylo and the new Jedi Order and all. Right. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting because, yeah, they haven't really given us... F- those details and i i'm i'm struggling to really connect with that era because there's just this huge gap that there's no bridge for me to actually put myself in those movies and really care about what's happening so i yeah. i really want them to start uh, fleshing out that stuff yes and that's why i can't really like i don't want to see kylo you know die in in darkness or whatever i want to see redemption because star wars is a very strong theme in Star Wars is redemption. And I want to see that. Yeah, same. But in a way, I kind of don't care. <laughs> and that sounds horrible. But he's an awful person in the first thing. What but- makes me sad, though, is that wasn't there... Uh, this is another book that I have to read, but I want to say it was Bloodline, where it was established that Snoke or something was... Um, Maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. But it was established that uh, Ben, uh, Kylo, had been manipulated ever since he was in Leia's womb. I I believe Leia actually referenced that in The Force Awakens and The Force Awakens novelizations. Ah, that's what it was. (laughs) She she referenced that. And that makes me sad. But in a way, I'm kind of just like, you know, Kylo, just go ahead and drop off somewhere already. We're not... (laughs) Like, I don't have a personal reason to really, really root for him to turn good. I got to. Yeah, that makes so sense. Far, you know, he's just come off kind of as a bratty kid. <laughs> yes. So, that, that goes off on, you know, rants and whatnot. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe he's meant to symbolize us fangirls. They're trying to send us a message. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though. So, looks like I'm about to have to go now. So, oh, yeah. I'm just going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for joining me. 
Oh, yeah. I, I, this was a pleasure. I, I definitely want to do this again. Yes, this is very awesome. All right. So may the force be with you. Yes, and with you as well. <laughs> okay, guys. So I said I had something I wanted to tell you all real quick before I get on to talking about like where you can find the show notes for this episode. So I've been thinking about something lately, and here's what it is. So you all know that the name of this podcast has been The Elven Padawan, and that's also the name of my site, which I initially intended to be a place to put this podcast, to put the show notes, and, you know, to blog a little bit and do some Star Wars news. But as it's continued to grow, I've gotten my site, has grown a lot. The podcast has been a bit slow in coming, but the site has really... I've tried to put a lot of work into that and report on news that's related to these topics as much as I possibly can. Blogging has come a little slow, but I'm trying to work on that as well. So, the more I've thought about it, the more I've wondered if maybe I should change some things around a little bit. Now, you all know that the little slogan line for this podcast and for my website is From Erebor to Echo Base, because I cover things from both the Middle-Earth series of stories and from the Star Wars universe. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've wondered what if maybe I should have the name of the whole thing, my website, the podcast, everything, should be The Elven Padawan. Particularly the site will be called The Elven Padawan. But then the podcast will be called The Elven Padawan from Erebor to Echo Base. So nothing really changes. I just kind of changed the title on iTunes and everything. But it's the same thing it's always been. But maybe it'll have a little bit more clarity. Now, I've seen podcast and blogging networks that do these either way. Both the way I'm currently doing it and the way I'm thinking about changing it. So from what I've seen, there's really no right or wrong way to do it. It's kind of a matter of preference and just whatever you feel like. But I've just been thinking about it, and I may not change anything. I may keep it the way it is, but I thought I would throw it out there to you all. I want you all to tell me what you think. You can do that on Twitter, at Elvin Padawan, capital E and capital P. You can also do that on the comment section of my site, or through the contact box on my site if you want to contact me directly. Or you can send me a message by emailing it to shay at elvenpadawan.com. So just make sure you let me know what you think. And I'm listening to my audience. You all are who shape what this show and the blog and site becomes. So please give me feedback. Tell me what you think. And we'll go from there. As always, you can... Find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. Please leave me a review or a rating on any of those platforms. Share with your friends, follow on Twitter, follow the site, comment, send me a message. I love hearing from you. I can chat with you in the comments on my site if that's the only way you have to contact. I love doing that, and I have some great conversations with you guys there. I love that so much, so just... Keep listening, and I'll hopefully have out another episode soon. As always, may the wind under your wings carry you to where the sun sails and the moon walks, and the force be with you always. Goodbye! <laughs>